Ladies and gentlemen, it's Tuesday night, and you know exactly what that means. It's time for the real conversation with Shayna Thornton. Let's talk America with hosts. Shayna Thornton is your radio talk show spotlighting the critical issues of today. She is certain to feature expert guests and celebrities each and every Tuesday night. She is a celebrated newspaper columnist, popular blogger, and award-winning radio talk show personality who has a passion for groundbreaking discussions. Here she is. Let's welcome the one and only, the engaging host for the national show. Please give it up for Shana Thornton. Well, good Tuesday evening, everyone, and welcome to your national family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. Of course, I am Shana, and I am honored and thrilled that you've opted to join us this Tuesday night. It is September the 29th, 2015, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and I hope you're having a fabulous week. We're almost in October already. Before you know it, we will be in December You know, I hope you already know that this show, Let's Talk America, is for everyone. It's a universal talk radio show that aims to inform everyone of issues that are timely and relevant. Keep in mind, we isolate no one. So do message all of your family, friends, and colleagues right now. Let them know that we are on. And once again, we're featuring a very critical topic for everyone. We're putting our focus on health tonight. We're talking about gynecologic cancer. We're talking about thyroid cancer also. So please stick with us. If you're a male and you're thinking, I don't need to know anything about gynecological cancer, and I'll tune back in in 30 minutes to catch the piece about thyroid cancer, I will tell you you are wrong. Because, of course, you have mothers, you have sisters, you have daughters, you have partners. This is a very important show for everyone. Did you know that nearly 100,000 new cases of gynecological cancer will be diagnosed in 2015? That's a large number, so do stick with us to learn as much as possible. Also, know that September is Thyroid Cancer Awareness Month, and we have an exclusive conversation with a physician and also a survivor of thyroid cancer that's going to really put down some great information for all of us. And lastly, we have a one and only, we have a a very famous and renowned hockey player with us discussing his battle with blood cancer or leukemia, okay? So tonight's show is a very important one. If you have not been touched by cancer yourself, it may be something that you still want to know about because obviously we look in the news often, we hear information from neighbors, family, friends, and colleagues that cancer diagnoses are going on. And I happen to believe that knowledge, information, knowing, uh, staying on top of the latest news when it comes to it will only help us with everything, okay? I'm excited about tonight's show, and of course, we will feature our signature segment in the news, where we keep you posted with all of the top trending news stories of the week. I'm excited to kick it off. Hashtag LTA or LTA Radio right now on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, whatever you like, whatever you're on right now, let others know that you are tuned in with us, okay? We appreciate you being on with us live. And if you're listening to my voice days or a week later from where we originally aired live, I thank you for going back and listening to the Replay Podcast. Your support matters also. All right, everyone, let's not waste any time. Let's kick it off. LTA, Let's Talk America is on right now. We're in your ear. Let's get it going. Greetings, I'm Sean Gilliland, etiquette consultant and author of the Success with Etiquette Book of Etiquette. Do you know how to make a proper introduction? 
Would you like to learn new techniques on how to communicate effectively to advance your career or increase your clientele? The Success with Etiquette Book of Etiquette teaches you the intricacies of etiquette that will sharpen your business acumen, making you and your ideas more appealing to clients and employers. Did you know social skills often take more time to learn than technical abilities? Employers place as much or more emphasis on personality. With the Success with Etiquette Book of Etiquette, you will learn valuable business and social etiquette skills to enhance your professional image, polish your communication skills, and build your brand with positive first impressions to gain a competitive edge. The Success with Etiquette Book of Etiquette will help you avoid unconscious mistakes that sabotage your corporate image, profitable alliances, and reputation. The book benefits all professional levels, including children and young adults, because the principles of proper etiquette never changes. Enjoy a great book the whole family can read together. While learning business and social etiquette skills, you can use in the boardroom and beyond. Visit successwithetiquette.com for your copy of the Success with Etiquette Book of Etiquette. And to learn more about our exciting books and programs, contact area code 202 It was Out of Love, a true love story of deception, grace, and forgiveness by sensational Arthur James Marr is a powerful book that will truly inspire you. In this bizarre but true love story, a husband unravels the mystery surrounding his wife's 30-year deception and discovers the true meaning of God's grace and forgiveness. All readers will gain from this phenomenal life story. Get a copy of the book for yourself or for a loved one. Download the free ebook at www.itwasoutoflove.com. Again, get your free ebook version of this phenomenal book by visiting www.itwasoutoflove.com. It was Out of Love, a true love story of deception, grace, and forgiveness by Arthur James Marr. Hi, my name is Kezia Alford. For more information on my music, please go to keziaalford.com. That's K-E-Z-I-A-A-L-S-O-R-D.com. Or find it online at any digital outlet. I pray that my music blesses your soul. And you are currently listening to Let's Talk America with Jane of Thornton. A big thank you to everyone that allows this show to be the success that it is. Of course, all of our national partners and sponsors, your support is priceless. And I encourage everyone to visit our newly designed website where you can find more information about all of our national partners and sponsors. That easy-to-remember website is www.letstalkamerica with Shana Thornton.com. Again, that's www.letstalkamerica with Shana Thornton.com. It takes a village and teamwork, certainly. And of course, I'd be remiss if I did not mention again the dedication and the time uh, that we just so value here for all of the listeners that stay with us each and every Tuesday night. Thank you so much for sticking with us and telling all of your family, friends, and colleagues. We're getting all of the feedback and the messages, and it makes all of the difference. Please stay connected with us, okay? We're out there on social media. If you're on Twitter, our handle there is SS Thornton. SS Thornton, and if you follow us, we certainly do follow back. And also, we retweet great and positive messaging from all of our dedicated listeners and followers and supporters, okay? So do know 
that for sure. Well, everyone, we're set to kick off our signature in the news for the week of September the 28th. I also would like to remind everyone that Let's Talk America has joined forces with SCB Television News, where we actually present a televised edition of In the News Weekly, okay? So do check out the website at Let's Talk America with ShanaThornton.com, and you can check out all of that footage there. So that's pretty neat, all right? So do visit us online, and you get to see so much and learn so much more about the show. Well, let Let's kick it off in the news for the week of September the 28th. Big announcement from Washington, D.C. John Boehner, Speaker of the House, has announced he will resign from Congress at the end of October of this year. Boehner disclosed his decision less than 24 hours after Pope Francis addressed the U.S. Congress. Boehner is a Catholic. The government is being threatened with yet another shutdown, with Boehner's caucus battling over a bill to fund the government beyond this fall. Some conservatives were threatening to oust Boehner from the Speaker's post if he did not take a hard line in using that spending bill to strip funding from Planned Parenthood. As you may know, Planned Parenthood is a reproductive health provider that healthcare provider rather, that has come under some recent scrutiny for its handling of fetal tissue after video footage surfaced. In the news, deadly stampede in Saudi Arabia. Numerous sources are reporting the deaths of nearly 770 people who died during the Hajj in Saudi Arabia during a stampede at the holiest Muslim pilgrimage. It is believed that the stampede occurred because of confusion and heat. The religious event marks the annual Islamic pilgrimage to Mecca and Mina for Muslims who can't attend. In the news, Colombia reaches deal with rebels. Colombian President Juan Manuel Santos and the top leader of Colombia's biggest Marxist rebel group on Wednesday announced a breakthrough in peace negotiations that claim to bring the country closer to ending a half-century of violent conflict. President Santos, in a brief address after meeting with the man who opposed him for years, Rodrigo Ladono of the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, said the two sides had finally agreed on a framework for investigating rights abuses, punishing guerrillas for their involvement in those crimes, and offering compensation to victims. The ongoing conflict has claimed over 220,000 lives and led many rural Colombians to uproot and move to the inner city. Some believe this peace agreement will boost the South American nation's economy. And lastly, in the news, the race to the White House is back in the news. According to a new poll sponsored by NBC News and Wall Street Journal, Hillary Clinton has lost ground to Bernie Sanders. She leads him now by just seven points with Joe Biden in the race and 15 points without the vice president joining the race. That's down from Clinton's 34-point lead over Sanders in July of this year. On the Republican side of the House, some frontrunners remain the same. Donald Trump and Ben Carson are running neck-to-neck in the National Republican presidential primary, while Carly Fiorina is tied in third place with Marco Rubio, according to the same NBC News Wall Street Journal report. Now, the first Democratic presidential debate will be held in Las Vegas on October the 13th and will air on CNN. The recent Republican presidential primary debate aired recently on CNN from the Ronald Reagan Library in California is still making headlines. Let's Talk America recently caught up with political commentator Arthur and former military personnel Harlan Ullman to talk about his thoughts on the current race to the White House and more. Take a listen. 
Dr. Harlan Oman, you're on with us right now. The presidential debate aired recently. Carly Afinarina is, uh, according to many, the uh, top person right now that performed. What's your opinion? Um, I was wildly unimpressed. Um, there was a good amount of back and forth, one-liners trying to slug each other. But the fact of the matter is, uh, with the exception possibly of John Kasich, uh, I am really worried about the lack of knowledge and understanding of the big issues by each of the candidates. You mentioned Carly Fiorino. She then, in terms of national security, reeled off how many Army Brigade, Marine Battalions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, were needed. Uh, unfortunately, she didn't include a price tag. That would probably come in over a trillion dollars. The current defense budget is $600 billion. So you have to temper reality. Marco Rubio said he'd never send forces into combat unless they're going to win. What does winning mean? The last war we really won was World War II. Um, and so these are very, very vapid commentaries that may sound good as individual statements, but there's very, very, very little there there. So I was not impressed. Um, I think that uh, the whole platform for these debates really is to produce sound bites that will rally supporters. Okay. But nobody really gets into the key issues that affect this country and the world at large. As you know, three of the individuals that's creating a lot of the buzz right now, meaning uh, Donald Trump, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, and businesswoman Carla Finarina, never held official political offices. You know, but yet they seem to be creating a lot of buzz, especially Dr. Carson and Donald Trump, uh, more so than Finarina's members when we look at all of the polls. Do you think this says anything about uh, the American culture? Do you think individuals perhaps are a little tired or jaded of career politicians? I think you put that very delicately. I think Americans are furious with their government. The popularity ratings of the Congress are in the low single figures. I think there's a huge and understandable distrust with government. So anybody who's a non-politician, I think, will get a big bump up. But I think that's going to end because people also want substance. And so far, Mr. Trump has not come up with any kind of real policies except I'm going to be the greatest you ever saw. Uh, I hate to say this about uh, Ben Carson because I think he's a good guy. I would be a far better neurosurgeon than he would be president just based on background experience. He's not even remotely qualified for the job. And while Carly Fiorino is very presidential in her outlook, in her commentary, in the way she composes herself, and I commend her for that, her real understanding of the issues is uh, about one page deep. So I think that these are temporary um, flames which will extinguish over time. It could be that Fiorino could be a vice presidential candidate. We'll see. Uh, but these are early days, and my guess is when the primaries start next year, it will be the uh, politicians who will emerge as the uh, most likely nominees for the Republican ticket. Let's scrutinize some of the numbers more with the uh, Republican primary. Uh, as you know, there are many sources, uh, or should I say some rather, that are saying the Republican Party has a concern when it comes to female voters, especially if uh, the Democratic primary um, not looking like so far, even still, will be Hillary Clinton. Obviously, we know there's a momentum for a lot of females um, who like her, not all, but a lot. I think that's very clear and factual to a certain degree. Do you think Carla Fina Arena can rival Hillary Clinton in taking some of the female vote, or not necessarily? No, not at all. Go back to the 2010 um, Senate vote in California when Barbara Boxer <clears throat> demolished Carly Fiorino. I think that she's going to be looked at as too, uh, too masculine a figure, uh, and I don't think that's going to be helpful. The Republicans, unfortunately, um, seem to have a policy that is not viewed with favorable uh, ratings by the minorities, including women who are, in fact, the majority. 
And I think the Republicans are going to have to make a fundamental change in the way that they're doing business to attract the minorities. After all, women are about 53%. Minorities at some stage will become the majority, and I think the Republican platform is cast very much against minorities. So if I had to make a bet right now, I think the Democrats are uh, largely favored to win the next election, irrespective of whomever is chosen as candidates at this stage. Uh, the name of my book, as you know, Shane, is A Handful of Bullets, How the Murder of Archduke Franz Ferdinand Still Menaces the Peace. And I argue that 101 years later, after the Archduke assassination, which caused World War I and then led the seeds, laid the seeds for World War II and the Cold War, has emerged four new horsemen of the apocalypse. The most dangerous is failed government. We were talking about that. It applies in Washington as it does in Kabul and it does in Iraq and it does in many places in the world. But the third horseman is violent religious extremism, of which al-Qaeda and the Islamic State uh, constitute the greatest threats right now. First, these are not existential threats to the United States today, but they are enormously disruptive, and we have to deal with them in ways that we are not. Just take a look at the millions of refugees who are pouring out of Syria and Iraq, and putting huge strains not only on the region but on Europe. Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, keeps you informed, and we offer you various perspectives with doing that. So do stay with us. Stay informed with us, okay, everyone? That concludes our In the News for the week of September the 28th, 2015. Well, keeping with tradition, we'll move right along to our quote of today, which happens to come from a jazz great Duke Ellington, who once said, a problem is a chance for you to do your best. Again, a jazz legend Duke Ellington once said, a problem is a chance for you to do your best. And oh, how true. Often when we're faced with challenges, we just see what's in front of us. But really, in the long run, it is a test. It's a trial of some sort. And we must all Always push through it to look full speed ahead. So I encourage you to keep it going, okay? Stay motivated, everyone. Well, let's get right into tonight's topic. The CDC estimates that nearly 100,000 women will be diagnosed with a gynecologic cancer this year in 2015. Are you aware of the symptoms? Well, we have the one and only uh, celebrated and board certified OBGYN, Dr. Angela Jones, is with us right now. Let's go straight into this conversation that matters. Hashtag all of your social media sites right now. LTA or LTA Radio. Please message all of your friends. Let them know that we are talking about their health. Let's get it going. Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. It is Tuesday night, and we are recognizing uh, Gynecological Cancer Awareness Month right now, and we are excited and always honored to have with us Dr. Angela, the one and only, of course. She's an expert in women's health, uh, gynecological health, to be more specific. Welcome to Let's Talk America Radio. Glad to have you back on, Dr. Angela. Thank you, Shannon. It is always a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. Now, I want to go right into it. Um, As you know, this month is being recognized by the American Cancer Society and many, many other organizations and individuals as uh, recognizing and bringing more awareness to gynecological cancers, those cancers uh, that uh, can obviously affect and and attack women in particular. Uh, Let's start off uh, by asking the obvious question uh, for me. You know, I've heard so much that it's so hard and challenging often uh, for women to detect any symptoms of gynecological cancers. Uh, One, uh, is it true? And if it is, why is it? Honestly, Shane, I 
know, there are so many different female uh, GYN cancers. I mean, it's not just cervical cancer. It's not just uterine cancer. You know, it can be ovarian cancer. But I think that oftentimes um, it's not so much that it's difficult to detect more or less than people ignoring the signs. Okay. Um, and, you know, first and foremost, I try to uh, not only practice but preach preventative medicine. And while certainly there are or no screening guidelines for, you know, things like um, ovarian cancer or uterine cancer. You know, one of the, the best screening tests that was invented is, you know, the pap smear, which yes. means obviously for cervical cancer. Wow. So you're saying it's something as simple as the pap, which um, unfortunately, I'm sure, and you know this better than I do, that there are some women who say, well, I had one last year. I'll just go back in two or three years because, you know, I'm done with having kids or I'm on a break from having kids or that hiatus right now, Dr. Angela. And so I'll just go back to her when I'm pregnant or if I'm having any issues with my menstruation cycle or if I need to update uh, perhaps the contraceptives. You're saying that uh, if you've had a kid, or you're planning to have one or you're done with all of that, it is still important to go and get that annual exam, which, of course, includes that very critical pap smear? Absolutely, Shana. Absolutely, for lack of a better word. Um, You know, the the screening guidelines for pap smears have changed so much over, over the years. And, you know, certainly, you know, the recommendation is not to screen as often, you know, with the utilization of screening tests for high-risk HPV, which we call co-testing. Sometimes, depending on how you were screened, you know, you can come back in three years or five years. However, the biggest misconception is that everyone misconstrues the annual exam that you have with your GYN as just the pap smear. The pap smear is just a small focus of the annual exam. The annual exam is a full, not only physical exam, but it's a review of your wellness in general. That's the time that your practitioner can elicit. Is there anything interesting or different going on with your menstrual cycle? Are you having any different symptoms, weight gain, weight loss that you didn't notice last month, you know, over the past six months or even over the past year? That's where we're able to elicit what exactly is going on. Let's zone in right now. Well, let's zone in. Sure. You talked about the PAP, which obviously a lot of people say, hey, well, that, you know, that, that screens for cervical cancer or precancerous cells with the cervix. You know, the cervix, okay, of course. And you, is, is cervical cancer uh, common or not that common out of all the gynecological cancers? Is that one of the ones that tends to pop up, unfortunately, the most, Dr. Angela? Well, you know, if we're going to speak about cancer in the United States, cervical cancer isn't that huge in the U.S., you know, with regards to some of the other non-developed countries. Because of a pap smear, you know, um, you're not going to see a whole lot of it. The one thing that I will say to you about cervical cancer, however, is that it typically is not a cancer that appears overnight. Okay. And what I mean by that is in all of the cases of cervical cancer that I've ever diagnosed, the one thing that most of these women had in common is that they had not had a pap smear in years. I'm not talking one year. I'm not talking two years. Okay. I'm not even talking three years. I'm talking 10 years, 15 years, yes. or have never had a pap smear. Okay. Certainly, there were always going to be occasions where folks have, just, you know, you have some outlier where somebody just has something very aggressive. You know, something went from, say, a high-grade lesion, which is a precancerous lesion, and then developing the full-blown cervical cancer. But it's very far and few in between that I've ever seen anything quite that aggressive, which, again, leads me back to my emphasis on the importance of screening and following up 
with your physician. You know, for example, I just saw a lady the other day that had a mild abnormality in her pap. So we're going to see her back again in six months. So over the course of the next year, we will see her a little bit more frequently than, say, the average woman whose pap smears are normal. You might not see her back for, okay. you know, you know, another couple of years for pap smear, not for annual screening. She's okay, there. there's a difference. Pap smear, yes. You know, we hear the term, or rather the three-letter acronym, HPV, thrown out a lot. And I think a lot of women and, of course, men who, uh, you know, are partners or husbands or fathers, you know, who hear these words, a lot of people say, well, what is HPV and what's the affiliation and connection with cervical cancer, Dr. Angela? Many, 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 many different strains of human papillomavirus, which is what HPV stands for. However, in my realm, which is CYN, you know, we divide HPV into two groups to make our lives easier. We divide them into low-risk HPV and high-risk HPV. Low-risk HPV is going to be those types that are associated with things like genital warts. You know, everybody has seen or heard of genital warts or those warts that people have on their fingers, um, etc. High-risk HPV which is the one, uh, or which are the ones that raise a flag for, you know, gynecologists, um, are those ones that have the highest association with HPV. And in my realm, those are going to be type 16, 18, and 45. Those are the ones specifically uh, that raise a red flag for us. Okay, and that, I'm assuming, is HPV, and this may be an obvious question or very simplified for you, but is HPV um, a precancerous cells, or it can lead to cervical cancer? Human papillomavirus, high-risk type, absolutely okay. are causative for cervical cancer. Okay. Thank you for explaining that. And again, uh, what emphasis Dr. Angela is making right now on your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, where she is emphasizing, encouraging, and welcoming and telling everyone, wherever you are, if you're listening to us right now from San Diego to Brooklyn, New York, to Miami, Florida, if you're a woman, go get that annual exam. You're saying that's very important, which, of course, uh, for many will include the pap smear, but just depending on how often or how long ago she had a pap and depending on on the doctor's request, right? That's absolutely correct, Shana. You know, I want to go to another cancer now. I want to talk about uh, uterine cancer, okay? Sure. Uh, which seems to be even rarer than cervical cancer. Yeah, but I'm sure you would bring us right back to say you've got to go for that annual exam, right? Where I'm, I'm assuming maybe to a certain degree a physician, an OBGYN like yourself, can check a woman's uterus uh, to see if there's anything abnormal going on, right? Talk to us about uterine cancer. Absolutely, Shana. So I'm going to just give you an example, annual exam and, you know, the importance of being able to have that one-on-one time with your physician. When I see patients for their annual exams, depending on which age group they are, and let's say, for instance, we have a woman that's in menopause. One of the questions that I will ask every menopausal patient that I saw or that I see is, do you have any postmenopausal spotting or bleeding? Okay, and a woman that is in menopause, and by definition, menopause is defined as you know, having gone an entire year without a period. Okay. So once you've gone an entire year without a period, you are in menopause. So when I see those ladies for the annual exams, I always ask, have you had any postmenopausal spotting or bleeding? And the reason that that question is very important is because that is one of the most common signs of endometrial uterine cancer. As far as I'm concerned, any bleeding that occurs in a postmenopausal woman is cancer until I prove it otherwise. Now, that's not to say that there are many benign causes. There are not many benign causes of postmenopausal bleeding. Okay. But that is the number one thing that we have to rule out. 
Okay, wow. So great information saying that's one cause for concern. And if a woman is at that point where she's gone through menopause, perhaps, again, to emphasize and echo what Dr. Angela just said, meaning she's had a full year, full year, uh, period free, a menstruation cycle free, of course, that if she's had some bleeding and spotting that you're saying generally you want to go see a physician, an OBGYN immediately for, right, Dr. Angela? I'm not putting words in your absolutely. mouth. Absolutely. Okay. No, 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 absolutely. If you are in menopause, and you have any signs of bleeding, you got to go see his UA and have that. Okay. And that's not to say, Shana, that it is cancer. Yes. Because, again, there are many benign reasons why a woman might have postmenopausal bleeding, whether it's atrophy, whether it's an endometrial polyp, whether it's infection. But cancer is the number one thing that we have to make sure is not going on. Okay. Now, I want to go to number three, and I want to bring up ovarian cancer, because you spoke about it at the top of the segment, Dr. Angela, and it's one uh, seemingly uh, that seems extremely rare, um, but unfortunately, when I hear about it in passing or through uh, conversations with friends, it seems, unfortunately, to be uh, fatal on the few incidences that I've known. Now, talk me through it. Tell us the facts and tell us the myths. You know, let's talk ovarian cancer. Ovarian cancer, you know, is, first of all, Shane, I don't like any cancer. Yes. You know, I just, and I know this is a family show, but, you know, I just want to kick cancer's butt. Okay. But having said that, ovarian cancer is one of those cancers. It's sneaky, and it reminds me a lot of uh, pancreatic, pancreatic cancer in the sense that on a lot of occasions, by the time that we detect ovarian cancer, it's already so far advanced. And unfortunately, there is no screening test for ovarian cancer. There is no screening test like there is for, you know, cervical cancer, which we use the pap smear. By the time that most cases of ovarian cancer that I've seen present, um, they're already well advanced. And the symptoms are so vague, you know. Um, unfortunately, I saw a woman actually last week that I'm willing to bet the house on, Shana. I'm okay. like 97% sure yes. based on symptoms and CT and ultrasound findings that she probably has ovarian cancer. And let me tell you what she presented with to her primary care physician. And I, and I we, want everyone to take mental and written notes right now. I just I want to emphasize that, yes. not to interrupt you, Dr. Angela. You're going to present us with some symptoms, and this was just one patient, but I want all of us, men, women, whoever is listening right now to us on the line, to please take notes. Go ahead, Dr. Angela. Woman who was in her mid 60s presented with a two week history of just abdominal pain. Okay. It just came out of the blue, and she was having some, some heartburn. And she presented to a primary care physician who treated her with um, an H2 block. But you guys probably know that more commonly as something like Nexial. Yes. GERD. Okay. Her pain did not go away. She was having more just abdominal discomfort, you know, feeling full early, early satiety is kind of what we call that in the medical profession. The pain persisted and persisted. Her physician just said, you know what, let me get a CT scan. CT scan showed like a 14 centimeter lesion which appeared to be coming off the ovary. In other words, ovarian mass. Okay. Hence, the woman presents to me. I see the woman, I do an exam. I don't even have to do a pelvic exam to feel the mass. In, in her abdomen. Oh, wow. I ordered an ultrasound, and the ultrasound had findings that were highly suggestive of a malignancy. Now, because I am a, you know, a general OBGYN, okay. I don't handle, you know, GYN cancers. I diagnose them, and then I hand them off to my friends who are GYN oncologists. Yes. But, you know, this woman, and again, it's no one's fault that they get cancer. No. She hadn't been to a GYN physician in years. Okay. Years. Like okay. 10 years, if you want me to be exact. Oh, right. 
Wow. Like seniors. We are so, talking. You know, the other very, let me just share this with you yes. also, Sheena. The other common thing that people oftentimes ask me is, well, order a CA-125. A CA-125 is a tumor marker, but it is not used for screening. It typically is a marker that is used to follow treatment. Okay. So, in most of the time, the way that that is used, in folks that have a known diagnosis of ovarian cancer, after they've been treated, if the CA-125 starts to be elevated again, then we know that the cancer is coming back. There are many different things that can falsely elevate a CA-125 level. Wow. That's another huge misconception that people have. Okay. Which is why I would not order it unless I was highly suspicious of, of it. And, and a lot of people throw that test out and you're saying you have to know uh, the reasoning behind it and every patient is different. You know, every physician, every medical expert that we have on Dr. Angela keeps emphasizing that. If they're giving advice on how to treat diabetes or they're talking about uh, cancer or they're talking about Alzheimer's, whatever they're talking about, they say seek your own independent and individualized and customized medical care because of course the physician would then know all of your medical history and everything that's on the table. Don't assume anyone that's listening to Dr. Angela's voice right now that because your neighbor said they had these symptoms or they this happened to them, all you need to do is this and then you're going to be fine because everybody is different. Uh, we are claiming, of course, that you're going to be fine, but we want you to see your own, um, seek your own medical care. You know, awareness is key, Dr. Angela. Uh, we know that. That's why we have you on. You are obviously a qualified and, and very respected OBGYN. We want men and women to know the symptoms of any disease, cancer, to know what's going on, to seek their own medical care. You know, I can't have a conversation about cancer of any sort with any gender. Um, Lastly, with closing on breast cancer. We're coming up next month in October on breast cancer. You know, OBGYN, of all of the success warrior stories I've heard of breast cancer, Everyone has mostly, mostly everyone has said it started with detection or a conversation with their OBGYN. Tell us how critical it is for that relationship and for those annual breast exams and for those monthly or weekly breast exams for all women. Shana, I cannot emphasize, number one, once you find a good OBGYN, you, you just, you know, you cherish them, you keep them. I have patients that travel miles and miles and miles to see me. And you know what? They can do that because they typically only see me once a year. Okay. You know, an OBGYN, that's a very private and kind of, you know, intimate relationship, if yes. you will. Yes. Uh, with regards to breast cancer, I will give you this plug. ACOG, which is the American College of OBGYN, preaches breast awareness. And what that is, people, is that's just knowing what your baseline exam is. That's knowing what your breast normally look like, what they normally feel like. So that way, if you detect something that is a bit outside of your normal, that is absolutely grounds to let your physician know. The other thing that I always recommend to women is with regards to the timing of when they do their breast exams. I typically recommend to my patients, uh, specifically my patients that are still having menstrual cycles, do your breast exams a week after your period. Timing is very important, Shana, and this is why. During your menstrual cycle, secondary to hormones, your breast can be very tender and they can always they can also be very kind of what we call lumpy bumpy or fibrocystic. Okay. And those changes oftentimes can be hormonally induced. So if you do it a week after your period, then you know, you're not gonna be confused 
um, you know, by these symptoms. The other thing is, in women that have a family history of breast cancer, and I'm speaking specifically to you have a mom or an aunt, and we oftentimes will refer to these as first-degree relatives, sister, et cetera. Okay. You should start breast cancer screening via mammograms 10 years prior to the age of that relative's diagnosis. So, for example, typically women start mammogram screening at the age of 40. However, if you have a mom that was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 40, your screening as her daughter would begin at the age of 30. Okay, powerful information. I want to ask you this specifically. When does age matter when someone gets any gynecological cancer? But I know right now we're zoning in on breast cancer because I've heard people saying, hey, if your mom got cancer at 60 years old, there's a different perspective from physicians versus her getting it at 40 in terms of testing for that descendant. Is that true, Dr. Angela? Shana, I didn't know so much that because your mom had cancer at 40, you're going to have cancer at 40, but I will emphasize the importance of family history. Okay. Um, and certainly if you have a family history of certain kinds of cancer, yes. like whether it's breast cancer, colon cancer, ovarian cancer, you might be um, someone that we might recommend genetic testing for. Okay. If you're a carrier of certain genes, which would make you at a much, put you at a much higher risk. All right. So you're saying know the family history. And I want to emphasize this. Be honest with the medical team about the family history. Dr. Angela, we have different individuals of diverse backgrounds. Everybody family is not the same. Sometimes, if you will, our families are not as upcoming, upfront about medical history. Any lasting advice to those who they're talking to mom and they have a feeling she's not being totally honest about the family history? Well, you know, they just had some sort of issues, some sort of female issues. It doesn't matter. You're sort of being nosy. You're being too in inquisitive, what would you say to those individuals who are listening to you? They want to be progressive. They want to be proactive about their health, but all of the sources, be it grandmother, mother, grandfather, they're not being uh, forthcoming. Shana, I I think that you you just have to do the best that you can. I mean, certainly, you know, um, back in the day, families just didn't talk about these kinds of things. Oh, grandma, we don't know what she had. She just died. You You know, they were embarrassed. You know, and people, frankly, didn't go to the doctor that much back in those days. Okay. You know, but you are, you know, part of a new generation, and so we just have to lead by example. Okay. I mean, certainly, you know, you can't force folks to, to come forward with their history, but you can certainly inquire, you can certainly ask the questions, you can certainly emphasize the importance and just go from there. Start by leading by example. Start by making sure that your health is intact. And wow. go from there. Mm, lead by example. I love it. I love that buzz phrase. You know, before you leave us, Dr. Angela, I always enjoy having you on. And I offer, we try to offer real talk for real people on Let's Talk America Radio. There may be a woman right now uh, sitting in Columbia, South Carolina, who has found a bump or a lump in her breast, and she is fearful. There may be a woman sitting in Houston, Texas, listening in right now, who's had some abdominal pain that's unexplainable, and she's scared. We may have someone right now sitting in Nassau, Bahamas, listening to us, and they're saying, you know what, I'm vomiting, I'm spotting, Um, it doesn't seem right, but I am fearful to receive a diagnosis of anything 
I, I really need to be encouraged here. Dr. Angela, you're a human being. Of course, we love having you on. You're so personable. Um, of course, you're also an OBGYN. What real life words of wisdom that offer practicality do you have for these women that are sitting right now listening, but they're scared. They're scared to go for the next step because they don't want to hear that word. Nobody does. It is a word that every human being I know is scared to hear. I think, Shana, what I would say is that, number one, knowledge is power. Knowledge has always been power. And you have to, nobody's going to, no one can love you like you love yourself. Powerful. And if you don't think that you are worth the investment um, of making sure that you have the best medical care, the best health care, then who who else should? Mm. You know, and that seems a little bit harsh, but I shoot straight from the hip. Mm, Powerful. um, And, you know, you are worth it. And, you know, you give yourself the best chance because, you know, the earlier that folks can detect things, the sooner we can, you know, be on the road to recovery. Mm. So, you know, don't stand in your, don't be the shadow. Don't stand in your own sunshine. Get out of your own way and give yourself a fighting chance. Because, again, knowledge is power. You know our people, Shana, know about knowledge being power. Okay, wow. And And I love it when you said get out of your own way, stand in front of your shadow. Powerful words. That's why you're beloved, Dr. Angela, and everyone loves having you on their media program. Before you leave us, of course, I want to give you the opportunity to tell our national and international listeners where they can find more information out about you or maybe they can connect with you. Can they even ask you questions if they are afraid and they found a lump in their breast Dr. Angela? Shana, yes, yes, and yes. But before I answer that question, I just want to say to you, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your talk show. It's amazing. You are an amazing woman, and I appreciate and love what you are doing, and it's always just a pleasure to have an opportunity to be on your show and just share. Thank okay, you. that's first and foremost. Appreciate that. And then secondly, with regards to where your listeners can find me, you can find me at AskDrAngela.com. That's A-S-K-E-R-A-N-G-E-L-A.com. That is my website where we feature a weekly blog that's all about women. Every every week, which is Wednesday, I send out a blog post that alternates between gynecological and a sexual topic. And then, Shane, the thing that I share with you at the top of the program before we went on air is that we actually just launched the Ask Dr. Angela podcast. And wow. it's actually doing really well. It was just featured in iTunes, new and upcoming podcast. Awesome. And um, you are more than welcome to, you know, you can submit a question to the podcast by going to my website and submitting it there. But um, absolutely, we welcome all questions. And there are never any dumb questions. Wow. The only dumb question is the one that you don't ask. That's right. And congratulations, of course, the uh, new success doesn't surprise me. You're awesome, Dr. Angela. Thank you for joining Let's Talk America Radio. You're a friend, and we will continue to have you back for you to advocate and share powerful medical information for everyone. Thank you so much, Shana. Hi, this is Shirley, and we just love listening to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thorpe. Hi, my name is Kavarga, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Hi, my name is Nicole Dodd, and I'm tuning in every Tuesday at 7.30 to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. This is Audrey, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. This is such an awesome show. If you're not connected, you really need to be. It's Tuesday night, and we're continuing the conversation on Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, putting the spotlight on cancer. Now we will switch our focus to thyroid cancer. Do listen in. 
listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with your host, Shana Thornton. It's Tuesday night, and we're continuing the conversation of cancer. We're now putting our sights on thyroid cancer. You know, many people um, often think that it's one of the good cancers that someone uh, could get. Right now with me, I have a medical expert on that treats it. Dr. Marcia Bros is with me, and also patient Victoria Balaceros. I hope I got that right. How are you to this Tuesday night? ladies. Wonderful face. Good. Uh, my first question is for you, Dr. Rose. Why is thyroid cancer considered to many the good cancer? But I will say that the term the good cancer is one of the myths we're trying to dispel with this campaign because all patients have lifelong impact from their treatments and um, to follow up medications that they require. So for that reason, we would say um, it's, you know, we really want to get away from it to good cancer and more raise awareness about what's actually needed lifelong. Wow. Uh, Dr. Rose, tell me, what are the symptoms, if any, for thyroid cancer? Interestingly, most of the time, there are not a lot of symptoms. Sometimes people can have a, a new little cough or feel a little stab in their neck or maybe even palpate a nodule. Sometimes the nodule isn't even picked up by the patient, and it's picked up often by an OBGYN or sometimes by a primary care physician. So many times there's not symptoms, and many times it doesn't even show up on blood work. Wow. This Is there anyone in particular more at risk, perhaps women? We know some cancers attack women more, or not necessarily. And also, quick uh, piggyback to that, women or men with thyroid disease, are they more at risk? Some of them can be, and also people who have previous radiation, maybe for another cancer, can actually be at higher risk. And then, in addition, there's some types of thyroid cancer that are associated with what we would call a genetic syndrome. In other words, they can have a hereditary gene that puts them at higher risk for medullary thyroid cancer, for example. And then it's important that they get tested for that gene so that they know whether or not other people in their family might also be at risk. Wow. Uh, tell me this, I know when it comes to a lot of the gynecological cancers, and we just finished having a conversation about that, there are certain types of tests uh, that can be used to detect it. Is that something that's in the works for thyroid cancer or no? We have something like that. Um, we really have to balance whether or not we're going to you know, pick up patients that need to be treated or not. But I think there's still research that's going into that to make sure that we do detect patients, especially... I want to bring in Victoria right now. She's a patient who's been diagnosed with thyroid cancer. We're going to talk about her experiences. Sure. So for me, you know, I, I had pretty severe complications after my surgery. I woke up from the surgery and found out I had thyroid cancer, and that was five years ago. And today I'm still living with daily effects, some effects of having thyroid cancer. Um, you know, for starters, every morning when I wake up, I have to take my prescription medications, and that's for the rest of my life. And then, you know, my energy levels fluctuate. I'm just, I'm tired a lot, sleeping at night. And those are just some of the physical impacts. There's also the emotional impact. For example, I have to have blood work every three months and see my physician and make sure that the cancer hasn't come back. So that's kind of a, a, an anxiety roller coaster that I live on, of, you know, holding my breath and hoping that my doctor isn't going to tell me that the cancer has come back. So, you know, really all of those things Wow. You what a powerful testimony. Uh, tell me this. How critical is it to have a team of individuals working with you that are compassionate, be it the doctors, be it the nurses? Thyroid cancer, as with many 
circumstances, it affects the whole family. So it is really important to have that network of support. And for me, a lot of that network of support came from other thyroid cancer survivors through psyche.org, which is the Thyroid Cancer Survivors Association. This, Dr. Bros, is all thyroid cancer the same or no? And I, I sort of replied or, or alluded to the fact that medullary thyroid cancer, for instance, is very different. So uh, at the end of the day, there are different cancers with different treatments, and it's important to know which ones these are and to make sure to discuss it somewhat with their, um, their doctors so that they know specifically which therapies are going to be appropriate for them because definitely not all thyroid cancers are alike. Victoria, tell us about the truth. Of, uh, the truth. I want to make sure I get the hashtag right, right? The truth about TC. Is there's a hashtag challenge going on? Yes, we are so excited to hear with AZI. SICA and the Light of Life Foundation to be kicking off this social media campaign. Anyone can participate, and we ask everyone to um, support this important cause using the hashtag TruthAboutCC. So you can take a picture of yourself holding a sign, post on social media using the hashtag TruthAboutCC. For every time someone uses that hashtag on social media, AZI will donate $1 up to $50,000 to these organizations, nonprofit organizations that are providing really important support and services to thyroid cancer survivors. Powerful information. Dr. Bruce, I would like for you to close us out. For those that have been diagnosed with thyroid cancer or those who are sitting right now in uh, L.A. and they have some symptoms, maybe there's something's not right, they're not feeling themselves, and they're afraid, like so many humans, to hear that C word, cancer. What would be your advice? My main advice to everybody is don't wait. Thyroid doctors are there to help, and we have lots of ways to help people, but really we can only help people who've come to us, and ignoring it can actually lead to much bigger problems in the end. So, so don't worry about it. You know, the most important thing is get the information. Congratulations on-air personality Shana Thornton on being named the recipient of the 2015 Bold Award in Human Dignity. Your journalistic work on spotlighting the leading topics and people of today makes a difference. Keep up the great work. We have a final conversation tonight with hockey great Paul Henderson. He's going to share with me exclusively his struggle and his fight against cancer. Stay with us. There's just a few minutes more. This is worth staying with us for. Listeners of your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. It's Tuesday night, and we are continuing the conversation of survival and those who have been faced with some challenges or hardships in life but succeeded. Many of you may recognize, of course, the name of hockey star Paul Henderson, and he had an awesome career um, that included playing in two Stanley Cup finals and scoring the winning goal for the Team Canada in the final game of the 1972 Summit Series against the Soviet Union. These days, the 71-year-old Canadian is taking on a new challenge off the ice, of course, battling a type of blood cancer called chronic uh, leukemia. It's one of the chronic leukemias, or often referred to as CLL, rather than going in for the conventional chemotherapy, he's gone in for a different direction on his treatment. He's with us tonight. Uh, good evening and happy Tuesday to you, Paul. Well, good to be with you, Shana. Thank you. Now, tell me this. What is a CLL, the type of cancer that you have, and how were you actually diagnosed with it? Well, it's, uh, it, what I have is uh, lymphocytic lymphoma, chronic leukemia. And I went in for my uh, annual checkup. I go to a, speci- uh, a specialty uh, place, and they did an MRI in my stomach and found all kinds of growth. And uh, we did some. 
an operation, did some biopsies, and uh, after three, uh, sent it to three different places, then they come back, and all three said I had CLL. Wow. Chronic leukemia. That was in November of 2009. Okay, wow. So that was several years ago. Tell me this. Why did you decide against the traditional chemotherapy? Um, and I'm assuming you opt for an alternative uh, treatment. Tell us about that. Well, I know the only option that I had was chemotherapy. And I knew my body pretty well as an athlete. And I knew I wasn't going to do well in that. So we obviously tried to educate ourselves. We got on the Internet. Uh, we talked to people. Uh, all over the place, trying to find a specialist with CLL and yes. heard about some of these new drugs that are coming on stream. And uh, and I was really fortunate uh, that they had, <clears throat> I didn't have to have treatment for, well, uh, two and a half years. Okay. And there's a lot of new options. The landscape is, is changing almost monthly with cancer. And it's really important for people to educate themselves. And, uh, and there's a, there's a website that will be coming up soon, actually, and it's going to be living-with-cll.com, and it is a great resource for more information. So I really encourage people with cancer, educate yourself, because it's the landscape is changing very quickly in terms of treatment. Wow, you're right. Changing every day with innovation and the latest research. Before you leave us, Paul, again, we have the one and only great hockey star, Paul Henderson, on with us. How did your amazing hockey career prepare you to fight this cancer? Well, it's really important to get yourself in good shape. I was fortunate enough that I have a gym in my own home, and so I've really worked at that over the years, but when I got cancer, I knew that whatever I was going to do, the stronger you are, the better you are, and obviously, we always ate well, too. My wife is very uh, disciplined in that way. Okay. Well, I think it's really important to take care of your body, to get ready for a fight. Then I think the other thing, too, that is, I'm really fortunate. i got a great wife and family around me. I think everybody needs encouragement. And yes. i got a bunch of people that pray for me every day, and I think that's really helpful. Yes. Wow. Every little bit helps, and that's for sure. Paul, before you leave us, we have listeners all over the um, United States and all over this world, some out of Canada also. And they um, often or at some point perhaps um, have got the diagnosis of cancer themselves or dealing with a child who has it or a family member, a neighbor, someone they love. And maybe right now they have some feelings um, that they can't quite understand, maybe one of fear, maybe they're scared. You're a tough guy. You're a courageous guy. You're human like the rest of us. Um, You've got the diagnosis, but you seem obviously to be upbeat about it and hopeful and and keep pushing. What are your words of uh, wisdom or hope for our listeners that want to be where you are right now with that attitude? Well, I think you've got to be optimistic, uh, for sure, but there's no sense worrying about anything. I mean, I'm a very devout Christian, and so the Bible says, you know, just get up and uh, we have today. No one is guaranteed tomorrow, and so uh, uh, you have to deal with whatever you, you, you have to deal with, and I think it's Nobody can deal with things on their on their own. And so it's good to get a team around you, whether it's family, encourage your friends or that kind of stuff, and, and help you through it. Don't try to do it on your own. And obviously, look for people that in your field that are specialists. And, uh, but I, you know, only I, every day I get up and I say, okay, I've got today, I'm going to give it the best shot I have. And if tomorrow shows up, uh, uh, we'll take a shot at tomorrow. So I, I refuse to worry about anything. And I, I've never been uptight or angst about it. 
Okay. So that's my attitude every day. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. May it inspire many others. Keep it going, Paul. I will do. Thank you. Well, everyone, thank you for sticking with us this Tuesday night, September the 29th, 2015. It's been one comprehensive health segment, and we spotlighted cancer, the C word. I hope you learned something. I sure did. I would encourage you to join us next Tuesday night. Same time, same place, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Do join us, okay? Stick with us. We have new topics, a new exclusive feature celebrity guest joining us each and every Tuesday night. Do check out the brand new website if you're interested in knowing more about future show topics and upcoming guests. Again, that website is www.letstalkamericawithshanathornton.com. All right. And also, shoot me an email if you have any questions or feedback for us direct. I'll save you some time. That email address is letstalkshana at gmail.com. Again, that's letstalkshana at gmail.com. Again, do connect with us on the various social media outlets, and we do follow back. And we also do retweets on Twitter. Okay, everyone? Talk to you soon. And the sounds of jazz musician John Porter out of Atlanta, Georgia, will take us home. And this track is off of his debut album titled When the Sun Comes Down. When the Sun Goes Down, rather. And that's also the name of this single, When the Sun Goes Down. Enjoy. I'll talk to you next week. Keep the conversation going. Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, is an entity of Paget and Thomas Enterprises, LLC. All content original, copyright 2015.